0: Hi, everyone. My name is Ivana Shea, and I'm a member of the Arise Prayer team. Um, This January, we have the opportunity to enter a time of prayer and fasting together as a congregation. Prayer is like a great way to help us go to God and really say thank you to Him for the big and little things that are happening in our life. It's a nice way to kind of stop and pause um, and just, bring our anxieties to God, um, and just remember that um, God is in control. Um, And I know for me personally, um, when I'm interacting with different coworkers or people in my life, that might be a little bit more challenging to um, really have great Relations with all the time. Um, I try to make sure that I pray to God before I have these interactions um, to really um, help me respond in a Christ like manner. It's always a great reminder um, to know that God is in control. Um, and lastly, if you know we don't really have any specific prayer requests for ourselves, there's a lot of people out here who need encouragement and would really benefit from knowing that there's people around them that could pray for them um, and yeah just really remind them that god is here and present and working all the time so we're really looking forward to the 21 days of prayer and fasting and we hope that you'll join us um this january
1: all right, thanks, Ivana. Well, welcome everyone. I'm so glad that you guys are here. My name is Matt Wolfe. I'm the lead pastor here at Arise Church Denver. Welcome those who are joining online as well. Um, we are all about helping people follow Jesus here. We wanna help you follow Jesus and for you in turn to help others because following Jesus is the path to the fullest life and the only path to eternal life. Um, and we want that for you. So we are kicking off of the new year. We've been doing this the last several years with our 21 days of prayer. This is just a great way that we can all focus on God as we start a new year and, and really invite him to do some big things in our lives, in our families, in our church, and in our world. So I hope that you guys are excited for that. So with the 21 days of prayer, we are asking every single person, every single one of you joining online or in person to do two things. You guys ready for this? First one fast, okay, it's 21 days of prayer and fasting, okay, and fasting means giving something up so you can get something better, okay, so you give up, could be food, could be social media, could be sugar, something that you want to give up for 21 days, something that you like, okay, don't just give up something like you don't, you want to get rid of anyways, okay, 21 days of giving up something so that you can focus more on getting closer to God, fasting traditionally is with food, and when I do that, because I like to eat, okay, it is hard for me, to go a while without food. And whenever I have those hunger pains, whenever I feel that, it just reminds me to pray. It's like a, just this great reminder throughout the day. So I don't know what you're gonna do, but I want you to think of one thing that you're gonna fast from. What I did last year was I did a daylight fast, okay? So some people are like, oh, you just skip lunch. That's no big deal. It's a big deal for me, okay? So don't judge me. Um, But I think I'm gonna do something similar this year. Um, But but every lunchtime, it's just a reminder. Hey, I gotta focus on God late in the afternoon when I'm like, oh, okay, pray, okay? And it's just a great reminder every single day for those 21 days. So think of that one thing you're gonna fast from. The second thing we're asking you to do, guess what it is? Pray, that's right, to pray for 21 days. Some of you are already doing this, but I want you to be really focused and and, and make sure you spend those times. Um, And then we have something special this year. We have this book that's a 21-day... 21 day prayer devotional that we put together. We have some physical copies in the back that our prayer team put together. You guys did an awesome job with this. Thank you very much. But we also, this is cool guys, brand new. We have a daily text for you every one of the 21 days. So if you have your phone, I'm going to encourage everyone to do this. because This is just a great reminder. It gets there right in the morning. You can use this QR code or you can text the word prayer to 833-252-8618. So do that right now. And this is really cool, okay? There's some generous benefactors out there, and because of that, we get to do this for free. Like, this is something we've always wanted to be able to do, and now we get to do this for free. We get to text you guys. Isn't that cool? Okay, there's generous people, so praise God for that. So text the word PRAYER to 833-252-8618, and you will get those daily prayer reminders every day. And it's gonna ask you a couple little things, so I'm gonna give you just a moment to do that right now. And like I said, we do have the physical booklets in the back, if you'd prefer that. Okay, 21 days of prayer. And the 21 days start tomorrow, okay? This is kind of our kickoff today, but we're gonna start day one tomorrow, which is January 8th, and that will go all the way to the 28th. Okay, January 28th will be our final day. So uh, we encourage you to really focus these 21 days to fast and to prayer. Can you guys remember those two things? Fast, pray, 21 days. Um, And since we are kicking off the year with prayer, I thought we could have a special prayer as a church. Um, If you didn't know, Danny Martinez passed away right before um, Christmas. And Danny was the leader of our Operation Christmas Child ministry. And and we love their family, Jess, um, and their two-year-old that we want to just lift up in prayer. We had a really special memorial service for Danny on Friday, for those of you who were able to make it. But I think we should have a special prayer as a church family for the Martinez's. Can we do that right now? Okay. Um, Lord God, we're just so grateful for Danny. We already miss him. Um, How he could be out in front um, in our entryway welcoming people every week that he didn't know a stranger. Um, What a joy he brought to so many people, Lord God. We miss him. And we pray that you'd comfort all those who are grieving, especially Jess. Lord God, comfort her. Lift her up. Give her hope. Give her strength. Give her endurance. And we pray for JD as well. Lord God, that you'd watch over him. Lord God, as he's missing his dad, that he would feel your love. And I pray that you prompt every single one of us to, to pray, to encourage, to love, to bring meals, to help wherever we can, to help the Martinez family. Lord God, we're grateful that Danny is with you right now. And may that hope infuse our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, God-Sized, our new series starts today. And in case you're wondering, we are gonna be giving away that five-pound bar of Hershey's chocolate. If you stay tuned, next week we'll tell you how you could win that five pounds of pure chocolate. God-Sized. And in this series, I really hope to stretch every single one of us. I know we all have doubts, questions, you know, sometimes we even wonder, is, is God really there? We, we have questions about it. And I wanna challenge everyone. Maybe that's you, or maybe you have a ton of faith, but wherever you are, I'm gonna stretch you to think even bigger, to pray even bigger and to believe even bigger because God is way bigger than you think and way more powerful. Um, who in here, who in here has ever prayed for something? And you can raise your hand because I'll be the first to, to, to admit it. Has ever prayed for something and not believed it'll actually happen? Anybody? Okay. See some hands, the rest of you are lying, okay? We have all felt that way, right? We've prayed for something, and, and like somebody asks us to pray for like a miracle, or for, and they're like, no way, There's, that person's dying, you know, that's not gonna happen. That thing is not gonna change. I know that person, no way they'll ever do that. And so we've all done that. We prayed for things and not actually believed that they're gonna happen. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, it's time to stretch our face and think bigger, to think bigger and to start praying Bigger there was a um, pastor in a small town and he was upset because um, all the people in the town were going to the, the local bar, right? Everybody was showing up, especially when he thought they should be at church or at the Wednesday night service, everybody was at the bar. So he called a special prayer meeting to start praying that, that God would get rid of that bar. Okay, That's a good prayer. So everybody's praying that God would take away that bar. Um, and that night, as they were praying at the special prayer meeting, lightning struck the bar and burnt to the ground. So the bar owner hears about this special prayer meeting that had happened that night, and he sues. Okay, he sues the church, and uh, this, this case goes before the judge, and the bar owner pleads his case. He says, "Hey, this church had a special prayer meeting, and look at, their prayers were answered because of them, God destroyed my bar. They owe me." Then the pastor testifies too. And he says, we didn't really think anything was going to (laughs) happen. So the judge leans back and he says, I cannot believe my ears to hear of a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. But isn't that how it goes sometimes? Do we actually believe that what we ask for is going to happen? So wherever you are on your faith journey, maybe you're brand new and you still are unsure or not know if you can believe, does God actually do those things? I'm gonna challenge you today to stretch you, to push you to think bigger, to ask bigger and to believe bigger. And that's hopefully uh, what you're gonna be challenged with through this whole three-week series that's starting today. And it's three weeks, okay? It's one of our shorter series, so I'm gonna challenge everyone, even if this is your first time checking us out for the first time online, someone shared this with you, I want you to commit to this three-week series. Even if you know you're gonna be traveling or you might turn up, get sick, whatever, just subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on your podcast app, and make sure you hear this three-week series because it will challenge you to start thinking bigger about God. And I've titled today's message, When God is Too Small. Because it's not that God is too small, but the God in your head is too small. And it's time to expand our mind, expand our hearts, expand our faith. So we are going to look at a prayer from Ephesians chapter three today. That's gonna to be the scripture we're looking at. So if you have your Bible, open with me to Ephesians chapter three. If you have your smartphone, you can use the UVersion Bible app. And we actually have our Rice Church Denver event right there in the app that you can save and look at the scripture. Um, but I'm going to read this longer prayer. We're really only going to focus on the last two verses of this prayer, but I want you to understand the context of what's going on here. So I'm going to read this whole verse, this whole prayer that starts in verse 14. So the Apostle Paul is writing to his church in the city of Ephesus. And he says this For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So here's this prayer he's praying as, as this pastor praying for his, this church that he loves. He cares about him he's like, I want you to know God's power. I want you to know God's love. I want you to even know the, the fullness of God. Okay, this is a big prayer. It's the kind of prayer that I pray for you guys. I, I care about you. I want you all to experience and know how much God loves you even when you don't even love yourself. And then at the end of this prayer, and we're gonna focus now on verses 20 and 21, Paul writes, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. That's a good amen right there. So these last two verses we're going to focus on. After this great prayer, he prays for the church. He he ends with what's often called a doxology. A doxology is a fancy way of saying praise. Okay, It's just praising straight praise up to God. We sang a song called the doxology earlier, didn't we? Just pure praise. Often in the Psalms that you read in the Old Testament, they just end with this pure praise about how incredible and magnificent and glorious is God. Paul would do this in his letters. Sometimes in like Romans and 1 Corinthians and here in Ephesians, it's like he's writing and all of a sudden he's just like enraptured by how incredible God is. And boom, he has to just give God some praise right there. So so that's what he's doing. But it's in the midst of this praise that we learned some powerful truths about who God is. So I'm gonna challenge you now three different ways in this passage from these two verses. And are you ready for this? Three different ways that you're gonna be challenged. The first one is to think bigger. The first one is to think bigger. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, think bigger. (laughs) However you're thinking, you're thinking too small. You're not seeing the bigger picture. Even if you are a big picture thinker, you're a futuristic thinker, you're still thinking too small. It's time to expand our thinking about God. And that's exactly what Paul said about God in verse 20. He said, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, that word imagine could be translated as think, or that you conceive, whatever's in your mind. Like you, you might have, a, some of you have some great imaginations, right? You can think all sorts of stuff, okay? God is bigger than that. He's bigger than all you think, all you imagine. You take that and expand it and go bigger and bigger. The most recent Gallup poll I saw on um, people's view of God in America, I think it was in 2022, um, they surveyed people, and this is what they found. So, so if there were five people that represented all the people in our country, five different people, four of those five would say that they believe in some sort of God. Okay, like I think it was like 81%. Four out of those five people would say they believe in God. But if you push a little bit further and you ask them, do you believe that God hears your prayers and answers them, that he actually does something with what he hears? Only two out of those five people actually believe that. Two out of five, meaning there's a lot of people that are, like, oh sure, there might be a God out there, but, but that God isn't really involved. He, he's not communicating with me, there's no relationship. And even if there is, he, he's not actually involved changing things in the world. But that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible, the God of our universe does hear us and he has given us the divine privilege to talk to him in relationship and that he hears us and he wants to act according to what we ask. He involves us in changing the world. So that's why we need to to learn to think bigger. Because what's actually happening is God has always been the God of the impossible. From the very beginning, God tells Abraham and Sarah they're gonna have a kid. Sarah, who's like almost 90, she laughs. Ha, that ain't gonna happen to me. I'm long past those years. But then in Genesis 18, 14, God says, is anything impossible for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will come back to you. And in about a year, she will have a son. And boom, she did. His name's Isaac. Is anything impossible for God? Ha! He's laughing at us. In Job 42, 2, Job finally recognizes the truth. He says, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. No one can stand in God's way or thwart his purposes. God says specifically in Jeremiah 32, he says, I am the Lord, the God of every person on the earth. Nothing is impossible for me. And when the disciples were were saying something was too hard for God, Jesus himself says in Matthew 19, I love this verse. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. With us, with man, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's our God, able to do anything. It's the same God who in the very beginning created the universe by just talking. A lot of you talk a lot, you ain't creating nothing. God spoke and created the whole universe, leapt into existence. It's the same God who was there in the day of Moses to part the Red Sea or in the day of Joshua to bring down Jericho walls to make the sun stand still in the sky. The guy who in the day of Elijah poured water on that altar and fire came down and lit the whole thing up. Same God who became a human. The creator became the created and he walked on water. He turned water into wine. He calmed the raging water. There's a lot of water stuff that God can do. It's the same God who when he died three days later, proved that he can do anything by conquering over death and raising Jesus from the dead. Nothing is impossible for our God, so think bigger. This God has been there all along, but I think a lot of us just don't even tap into the power that is available to us. R.A. Torrey, a pastor, he once said that the prayer can do everything that God can do. And as God can do anything, prayer is omnipotent. Did you know you have that prayer power available to you? Omnipotent power. It's available, but most of us just don't even access it. There's a man um, just a few years ago, his name was Lauren Kreitzer. And he was down on his luck. He had been in a really bad car accident because of that he had to amputate his leg and he, got on, he lost his construction job, he got on disability, but he was barely making it. Struggling to survive every day. Um, and uh, this hap- was taking place over years. And one day he was watching Antique Roadshow, you know that show? And he saw a blanket selling for a lot of money, and he's like, I think I have one of those in the closet underneath the kitty litter. I'm not making this up. So he brings this in, and, and it goes at auction, this blanket for $1.5 million. It's an old Navajo blanket that had been passed down for generations. And he had had it in his closet for seven years and he was living in poverty in a shack. I think that's how a lot of us are. We don't even realize that there's this untapped riches and power and strength available to us at all time. The God of the universe who can do anything and we don't even try to tap into it and ask him to work. So it's time to start thinking bigger. That's the first thing. Second thing I'm gonna challenge you to do is to actually ask bigger, to ask bigger. Start praying for bigger things, asking God to do what you think is impossible. It's what he wants us to do. Let's look at our verse again, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. This is the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, our God. He can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So if we're asking, we're not asking enough because he can do more. That phrase, uh, immeasurably more, is translated a lot of different ways. And I love this. One version, it translates this as far beyond. Another says above and beyond. One says beyond all measure. The old King James said exceedingly abundantly, super abundantly in another translation. And one translation says infinitely more, meaning whatever you think you can ask God for, he can do more than that. So whatever your faith level it is, you got no faith, you got a ton of faith, God can do more than all you ask or imagine. So ask more, right? That should be our natural response. Well, I better start asking for more things. God wants us to ask for those things. There's an old story told about Alexander the Great, that one of his advisors came to him. And, and though he, the guy was real wise, he, he was struggling financially and he said, would you, you know, give me some money, I'm, I'm struggling. And Alexander the Great said, anything that you want, you can have access to my entire treasury, it's yours. So this advisor goes, to the treasury and he, he speaks with the man in charge of the treasury, he says, okay, I need what basically is the equivalent, I would say of like a half a million dollars. And the treasurer's like, yeah, right, that ain't gonna happen. Go, let's go back to Alexander. Like, so they go to the emperor and they, he says, hey, this man asks for $500,000, that's way too much. And Alexander the Great says, no, you give him exactly what he wants right now because his large request shows that not only he thinks I'm rich, but that I'm generous. That's how God feels. It's like, I I want people to think that I have all the riches in the world, that the cattle on a thousand hills are mine, that I can do anything. And I want them to think I'm generous and kind and loving because I am. God is pleased when we bring big things to him. John Newton, who wrote the incredible song, Amazing Grace, also wrote another hymn. And there's a line in there that says this, thou art coming to a king large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such that none could ever ask too much. None could ever ask too much. You can't ask big enough, so ask bigger. Might as well, what's the harm in not asking? Ask bigger, ask God to do what you think is impossible because God can do more than what we ask or imagine. I remember for Melissa and I, after struggling through four miscarriages, we had had McKidley and then had four miscarriages in a year. And we were struggling. We were like about ready to give up and we wanted another kid. And and we just said, God, just give us, we'll try one more time. Just give us like one kid. Like, please, let's be our last try. And then of course, we go to the OB when Melissa got pregnant again. There's two on the ultrasound. We didn't ask big enough. We didn't ask big enough. God's like, ha, ha. Only ask for one, here's two more. We're not asking big enough. And I'll I'll tell you the truth. I I had an enormous prayer answered last year. One that I thought was impossible. I was challenged years ago to pray for something that I thought was impossible and write it down. I prayed that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. I'm not trying to get political here. I just know that God cares about human life and he knits us together in our mother's womb. So I was praying that that, and it didn't seem to be possible because there'd been all these challenges and they'd all been shut down. I'm like, there's no way that's ever gonna happen in our country, but I'll pray. God answered an impossible prayer. Now my prayer is that no one would ever even want to have an abortion or or feel like they need to. Let's get rid of abortion in America, God. That's my prayer. seems impossible, but I know our God can do even bigger than what we ask. I don't think we're asking big enough. I don't think we're asking big enough. So what's your big ask? What's your thing that feels impossible, that can't happen? Let's ask bigger. And then here's our third challenge, you ready for this? Watch God do something even bigger. Watch God do something even bigger. I don't know what he's gonna do, we don't know the future, but I know that what you're asking him to do, he can do bigger than that, And he can do even something bigger inside of you. This is cool. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That could be phrased or translated as among us, like among the church, but it could also be within our hearts. Now, some people, I think in a lack of faith, say, well, prayer isn't about changing things. It's about changing us. It's about changing things and changing us. Okay? When we talk to God, He hears us, He listens, He does want to change the world when we ask Him, but He also wants to change us. It's both of those together. And, and what one, some cool things is that that's exactly what God does. Dr. Carolyn Leaf has studied prayer and and that people that that spend 12 minutes a day for six weeks, I'm sorry, eight weeks, 12 minutes a day in prayer for eight weeks, their brain chemistry actually changes and this can show up on scans. It changes you from the inside out. Another study in 2014 found that people who pray regularly have more willpower and self-control. Okay, you want to change yourself, start praying. But the cool thing is God also changes things in the world. I remember talking with Mike Schurer last year and I asked his permission if I could share this story and And Mike said, back in 2008, um, he was really struggling because he is in the mortgage industry. And in 2008, if you remember, was a really rough year. He was struggling and he was getting behind on his payments and didn't know what to do. He said he was so stressed out, he couldn't sleep at all at night and he didn't know what to do. So he did the, the last thing he could think of, he started praying. He said he just cried out to God for help. And he said that night he slept like a baby. He had a peace, and every night after that, he slept. And not only did God change him to give him a peace, but he changed things. He provided financially and our economy recovered. See, God changes things and he changes us through prayer. He's gonna do even more than we ask or imagine. And, and he is glorified when we ask him of those big things. This is what he wants to do. He wants to show off. Verse 21 says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. God is glorified when we ask big things of him and he gets to show off his power. God wants all the glory. He deserves all the glory. So when we ask of things, we're tapping into that power that he wants to give us anyways. Teresa of Avila once said, you pay God a compliment by asking great things of him. So let's ask. Let's ask big, ask even bigger than that because God wants to do it. He wants to show up and he wants to do amazing things. So what's your impossible prayer? What's your prayer that you think is too big, too hard? You don't know if it could ever change. Maybe it's an addiction you feel like you can't overcome. Maybe it's someone in your life you think will never change. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's a, a situation in our country. Maybe it's for a miracle. And what I wanna challenge you to do right now is to write it down. Take out your phone right now. Take out your piece of paper, whatever you need. And I want you to write down that impossible prayer right now. Can you do that? I'm gonna give you a minute to do that. I'll never forget one impossible prayer being answered here in our church. Um, You may remember the Leckings as part of our church. They were a long time part of our church and then moved in 2020 like everybody did, you know? Moved back to Virginia to be closer to family. Um, And and I remember them well, and I got their permission to share this story. Um, But Adam and Allison had struggled with infertility themselves for many, many years. And after many failed pregnancies, um, they finally, chose to go the route of a surrogate. And through a surrogate, they had their first son, Kai. We loved Kai, but they wanted another kid. So they went through the process a second time. And I'll I'll never forget, I was just right over here, um, parked my car so I could talk with her on the phone um, because at 17 weeks, the surrogate's water broke, which is pretty terrible outcome. And I didn't know all the details, but I'm like, okay, well, what's the chance then the surrogate was on bed rest at the time. I was like, what's the chance that she, the baby makes it to viability that she can have this this baby? And Alison said, well, the doctor said it's a 0% chance. So I asked her permission. I said, can I pray for a miracle? She said, of course, because what else is there to do, right? So we started praying on the phone right then for a miracle. And I know a lot of you guys did as well. We prayed for a miracle. And the next week she called me and I said, well, how are things going? And she said, Well, now the doctors are giving it a 1% chance. It's like, good, we're moving in the right direction, right? Well, I won't ever forget that, you know, a dozen weeks later that baby was born. And that on this stage, I got to dedicate little baby Weston, a miracle baby, a 0% chance. That's the closest I've come to the impossible, but I've seen God do it. So we're not asking big enough. Think bigger, ask bigger. And watch as God does something even bigger still. Because our God did send his own son, the creator of all things became a created thing. And he went and died on the cross for you to forgive you of all your sins, to give you a new start, to give you eternal life. And then he proved it by doing the impossible because three days later, Jesus rose from the dead, conquering over sin, death, and the devil to give us new life. Our God is a God of the impossible. So think bigger, ask bigger, and believe God for something even bigger still. So it's time to pray, don't you think? Let's put our, what we just learned into practice. Did you notice at the beginning of this prayer in verse 14, Paul says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. Did you notice that? Now the Bible never tells us there's a certain like posture or way to pray. You can have your hands together. You can have your hands open, hands up, whatever you wanna do. Like there's no, right way to pray or wrong way to pray. But there are certain times where people get on their knees in the Bible. When Ezra, when he saw how awful things had gotten in Israel, he fell on his knees to pray for his nation. When Daniel was in Babylon, he fell on his knees and prayed three times a day. Jesus in the garden, when he knew he was about to be betrayed, he got on his knees to cry out to God. There's something powerful about that posture of of saying, hey, there's a king, I'm on my knees before him, begging for something. So I wanna encourage you and challenge you if you're able to get on your knees right now. Let's kneel before our maker. And whatever that impossible thing is that you wrote down that you're thinking about, that's too hard, or or maybe something else God puts in your mind, I want us to, to hold that in our mind, to ask God to move and to do the impossible. So let's take a minute to pray right now. hear our prayers. We're asking for some big things, some impossible things. We're praying for people to overcome addiction, to overcome mental health issues. Lord God, we're asking for miracles, for healing, for transformation. We're praying for prodigals to come back. We're praying for cancer to go away. Lord God, we're praying for an end to gun violence. We're praying for revival in our world. Lord God, we're praying for even bigger things than that. Help us to think bigger, to pray bigger. And Lord God, do something even bigger in our lives and our world than we could even ask or imagine. We come before you in the morning. We lay our requests before you and we wait expectantly. Amen. Amen, you guys can get back into your seats. And I do just wanna say this. As we're talking today, some of you, don't know this God personally, as I'm talking, you're like, this is crazy stuff, man. Yeah, it is. But you got to know this crazy God. And he sent his own son to die on a cross for you. That if you declare Jesus, your Lord and savior, he will forgive your sins. All the bad stuff is taken away. He gives you a new fresh start now and eternal life with him forever in heaven. But that's only available to those who declare Jesus as their Lord and savior. So as we do every week here, I wanna give you the opportunity to respond with a simple prayer. It's not magic, but it is a way that you can declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody around you who needs to pray it for the first time. Let's close our eyes together. And please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Hear my prayers. Answer my prayers. Help me to follow you and become like you. Amen. Now with eyes still closed for just a minute, If you said that prayer for the first time and meant it, if Jesus today is your Lord and Savior, we want to celebrate with you and we actually want to give you a little book right now to just kind of help you on your faith journey. Um, So on the count of three, if you could put your hand high in the air. One, two, three. Put your hand in the air if you said that prayer for the first time. Do we see any hands out there? I see one hand in the back. Let's praise God for these. Here's another hand up here, Lord God. We're just so grateful for those who made decision today. Um, Lord God, we love you. We celebrate you. You are the God who saves. You are the God who heals. You are the God who does miracles. And we can't even begin to comprehend how great you are. So Lord God, we worship you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. I'm Matt Wolfe, lead pastor at Arise Church Denver. And we're all about helping people follow Jesus. And we want to help you follow Jesus. Because of that, if you're newish, even if you're just checking us out online, Go down below in the description and fill out that form at risedenver.com new. And if this message has impacted you at all, please go to risedenver.com give so that you can give back and help more people find out the message of Jesus Christ.